Hey, this is James Buckley up in North Louisiana. When I have a raging fever for 80s and 90s nostalgia that I can't even cure with more cowbell, I turn to the experts. Jason Coffin and D. Graves on the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast special edition, Five Minutes of Fire. We are here talking about the lyrics of We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. We're covering only five minutes at a time, which is about the length of the song, so it works out kind of nicely. So please join us as we dive into some new lyrics today. All right, guys, so here are the topics that we're going to be covering today. Crack. Bernie Gets. Hypodermics on the Shore. Crack. Bernie Gets. All right, Dee, tell me about crack. Okay, Jason, Americans love their cocaine. Yes, they do. In the 1980s, that was huge. It was the biggest drug around. The majority of cocaine was being shipped into the U.S., landing in Miami, originally through Columbia. Check out the movie Narcos if you like. Traffic through the Bahamas. Soon, however, because of the love for cocaine by Americans, there was a huge glut of cocaine powder on these islands, which caused the price to drop by as much as 80%. So faced with the prices of their illegal product dropping, the drug dealers decided, hey, let's convert some of this powder to crack, which is a solid smokable form of cocaine made by the method of freebasing, which makes it more pure. It was cheap, simple to produce, ready to use, highly profitable to dealers. And as early as 1981, reports of crack were appearing in LA, Oakland, New York, Miami, Houston, and in the Caribbean. The word crack may have first appeared in a Rolling Stone article from May 1st, 1980, titled Freebase, A Treacherous Obsession, The Rise of Crack Cocaine and the Fall of Addicts Destroyed by the Drug. The problem was is that it was most used as a recreational drug in impoverished neighborhoods. New York City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., L.A., and San Francisco, and Miami in late 1984 and 1985. This resulted in what they refer to now as the crack epidemic, which ultimately they got under control by the 1990s. The only problem was around 1990, people started developing methamphetamine and you had a whole new problem. All right, tell me about Bernie Getz. On December 22nd, 1984, a man named Bernie Getz shot four young black men on a New York City subway train after they tried to rob him. All four survived, although Daryl Cabey was paralyzed and had brain damage. The four had approached Getz on a train asking... Some say demanding money. He pulled out a gun, fired four shots, wounding all but KB. Get stated that when he saw KB cowering in a corner, he bent down and said, You don't look so bad. Here's another and shot him once, injuring his spine. He fled to Vermont and hid out for a while before turning himself into authorities. Supporters of Getz point to a public frustration with crime in New York City. Detractors note that he was known for racist language. He was sentenced to one year incarceration and a $5,000 fine. He served eight months, and he is also one of the few people who are still alive. Tried to drive him with a screwdriver. That was an incredibly bad idea. <laughs> okay, D, tell me about hypodermics on the shore. I can remember seeing the news on this. This is hypodermic needles washing up on the shores of various beaches. It was called the Syringe Tide, and it occurred during 1987 and 88 in Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York, where there was significant amounts of medical waste, including the hypodermic syringes, that washed up onto the beaches on the Jersey Shore and in New York City and in Long Island. It forced the closing of these 
beaches on the Atlantic coast. Reports of the medical waste and sewage spills drove away hundreds of thousands of vacationers, costing the $7.7 billion a year tourism industry on the Jersey Shore more than $1 billion in lost revenue that summer. The reason that this was such a big concern is one you've already mentioned in a past episode, HIV and AIDS was known to be passed through hypodermic needles and was epidemic at that time. The officials finally traced the source of the waste to the Fresh Kills landfill on Staten Island. New York City was required to pay $1 million for past pollution damages as well as pay for the cleanup. No money was paid to the business owners on the Jersey Shore for the revenues that they lost during the months of inactivity. They ultimately developed a plan to keep this from happening in the future called the Short-Term Floatables Action Plan plan. It was ultimately successful. The closures declined from over 70 miles in 1988 to fewer than four miles in 1989, and closures have remained at a low level since that time. Okay, guys, that does it for today's episode. Join us next time for Five Minutes of Fire. Five Minutes of Fire.